What has happened, everyone? Welcome to episode 130 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. Today, I'm going to drop six tips on bullshit proofing your fitness information. It's everywhere. Information's everywhere. Over-sensationalized content is everywhere. How do we sift through the bullshit and we just find the real shit? I know I did a podcast on this back in the 50s or 60s. This is going to be a little more in-depth and change just a bit to the current times that we're seeing in the fitness industry and in marketing, scamming, all that crap that's going on as always. Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revise Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahalia at checkout. Please scroll down to the bottom of the page. Leave us five stars in a review. If you love us, I'll see you inside. All right, so um, I, I, I need to start off this podcast with some heartbreaking news. I found out before that Brandon actually have has sang Bruno Mars at a talent show before. He actually admitted to doing this. Um, I know that there was some rumors, there was some hearsay about it, but Brandon actually admitted to singing Bruno Mars at a talent show. So um, That I won. There's no way. It doesn't fucking matter. Yes, it does. There's no way we're ever hearing his voice on this podcast again after this one. So say goodbye to Brandon. We're on to our third, <laughs> our third co-host. Hey, the first and second was a massive upgrade. I bet you if I sang so Bruno Mars. Say, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> Man, we don't edit anything on this podcast we either. Don't, no. Dude, oh, whatever. It's all good. I bet you if I sang Bruno Mars on this podcast, go, our ratings go, would go. Go. What song? I don't even know a song that Bruno Honestly, Mars Honestly, I can't even sings. think of a single song either. What about, th- th- there's like that one super upbeat one that like that like really ascended him to a rock star like a couple years ago. What the fuck was that? It was actually a decent song. I don't know. It's going to piss me off. I know. Like, I, it's, it's, like I'm going to have to look it up. Moves like Jaeger. Jaeger, was that him? Was that Bruno Mars? Oh, I sang, I sang, uh, I would catch a grenade for ya. I would aim for ya. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. But you still sing Bruno Mars at a talent show. So I can't sing. I'm not very artistically inclined. But if I had to sing, if I like one, if I had to do something, I'd probably like rock some MGK. To be honest, rep Ohio, rep the Buckeyes. Let's hear it. You Let's know? Hear it. Um, I don't have anything right you now. You don't have anything on deck. <laughs> Wait, what's that song I always listen to every single day? Um, um, my ex's best yeah, friend. Yeah. How do I not know any of the lyrics right now? Where it's like you needed to like be. I needed to like play with me. You make it all feel complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. All right, next podcast. I'm gonna sing. <laughs> I'm gonna sing MGK to, okay. to start off. That's Everyone good. tune in. Um, yo, we had a real life Hamlin's razor moment the other day. Wasn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. As soon as, we didn't tell Ian about this. Mm-hmm. As soon as um, as soon as we uh, two days after that podcast or three days after that podcast dropped, mm-hmm. um, we were driving downtown to Ethan's um, uh, birthday dinner, and we were. Um, Ian, you know, you know when you get off downtown, mm-hmm. uh, coming off Mopac, and like it's re- like the the like the speed limit goes down like thirty fucking miles per hour. You know right where I'm talking about? And there's that little curve going into Cesar Chavez. Oh, yeah. So like we're right there going into Cesar Chavez, and like dude, this car it's like a merge lane where it goes from like three to two, um, and like the highway and another road like combine onto the main road. And this car just like comes all the way over, dude. No regard for human life. And um, it was pretty close. Yeah, it was, was really nuts. close. Um, I If I didn't react, I think we probably would have been hit. Mm-hmm. We would have been very, very, very close. Yeah, they would have definitely like least. hit that front. They would have right clipped bumper. the front. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, and all of us were like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like all at once. And like nothing else was really said. Or I said, "What the fuck?" And well, I we were we were, we were pissed, but like, what, what can yeah. we do? But then there was like this silence there, and like I think we're all thinking the same thing. And I just said, 
Hanlon's razor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it was, was so funny that it came like right after the fucking podcast that dropped. But like, that was like a real life Hanlon's razor moment. And it was funny. Um, and like after I said that, Brandon's like, yeah, that was such a good analogy. Because <laughs> yeah. that was the exact analogy I used to describe what Hanlon's fucking razor actually is. I always say it's is. so good because it happens to me every day. And then you're like. <laughs> Almost every day. Like yeah. if you are if you drive a decent amount, you probably get cut off once a day. At least. Like, yeah, like we drive to a house in Gaines and back um, every day. And like there's something just there's some pe people value their time so f much above yours yeah. like they'll take away a little bit of your safety well for they don't their know time. you they exactly don't exactly like i value my time more than anyone else <laughs> exactly. i'm fucking passing exactly. like i'm passing out 100 so don't fucking be in my way at 60 <laughs> so um I thought I, I thought that that was really a really kind of cool moment to share with you guys that like that actually happened in real life and i'm sure i know i've gotten a few messages from some of you um, actually, I, I think it's a few. I literally think it's three messages that gave me a real life Hanlon's Razor moment from um, like that you experience after listening to that podcast. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so I told Brandon that uh, I, I, I told Brandon I had something um, that I found on Reddit that um, I, I, I want to present to him. So what do you guys think about this too? It was on Ask Reddit. If you can see statistics for your life like you can in video games, what stats would interest you the most? Uh, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, wasted time. Yeah, wasted time is a big one. That one I would want to know how much time I've wasted. Yeah. Like generally, like, wasted. Yeah. Where I've sat there and did nothing. And nothing productive was yeah. happening anywhere um, at all. I would want to know... I feel like I would want to know how many times like I was close to dying. Yeah, dude, yeah. that would be interesting. Like be cool. almost dead. Like how many times did I escape? And how and like how close? Know. How close was yeah. I to dying? Like if I was like yeah, if I would have been like two inches anywhere else, or like yeah. if I would have been one car link in front, like yeah, what would have yeah. happened? A hundred percent. That yeah. would have been cool. I feel that. So one that one that I came up with, or one I was thinking about is. How many times, so th there's a few different facets, facets to this one. Like number one, like um, how many times has a story been told about me in complete accuracy? And how many times has a story been told about me in incomplete accuracy? Oh, that's good. Because that one's going to be so, I bet it's 90-10. I bet it's 90% inaccurate. Inaccurate, yeah. And like 10% actually that. accurate. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I, that's like, a good I, one. I thought about that one. Um, I like the, like, how many of my decisions to go in line with um, the waste time? Like, how many of my decisions were actually right and how many were actually wrong? Yep. And, but, well, can but you, you think you issue, choose, like, can you see what would have happened if you would have choose? That's the issue is I would obsess over where was I wrong and where was I right? And, like, in video games, you can't find that, right? right. So, like, if this is just like a video game, like, is that actually you just failed the level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you literally just failed a level. Yeah. But, Beyond that, that you might be able to find out is what was the collateral for your wrong decisions. That would be. I wonder cool. if I've made a decision that, like, completely fucked someone's life. Dude, that's a lot of stress. You probably have. You probably fucking have. Because like, it's not going to be someone you know. It's not going to be something you know. It's not it could be, like, be though. Well, with me, so like, I look at where that would be, and. Like every time I fired someone, I presented them with a with a opportunity that was like the next best thing. Mm -hmm. So it couldn't have been from like firing an employee. It couldn't be like coaching related because you know I don't take anyone to like these extremely unhealthy places. 
couldn't really, you know, that, yeah, like it has to be saying. like, it wouldn't be someone I know because it wouldn't be a byproduct of like what my day to day life entails. Right. You know, but like, what if I took an opportunity that someone else needed to get out the streets or like to pay next month's rent or you know, something like that when yeah. I was younger mm-hmm. and then like they missed that opportunity. They were on the streets. They never recovered. They never rebounded. Like, that's kind of where I think about yeah. it. Yeah. I see that. You know? Yeah, that's tough. So that that that, that one's a that's little stressful. Tough. That's deep. I would like to see like in a video game, you know how like you have ratings like speed and agility and mm. all stuff. I want to see like if I could have two if I could pick two ratings to see, I'd want to see number one intelligence and number two charisma. I would want to see those two. Cause then I would know like how much work do you actually have left to do? Because like to myself, I seem very intelligent and I seem extremely charismatic. But what about like if the norm is 50, yeah. if uh, the best you can possibly be is 99, the worst is one. Right. I'm assuming I'm going to be over 50 in both of yeah. those. I would hope I'm closer to like, I hope I would be at least 80 in both of I them. I feel like you're like one of the rookies right now. I'm like 2K <laughs> or something. You know, where they're like, guess your, guess your rating. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll probably be like an 89. And they come out and they're like 62. And I would just be so fucking crushed. Yeah, you would. But you but, would also know you have yeah. 38 points or 37 I, I points. I want to know where I stand. Like, what if my intelligence is like a 94 and my charisma is like a 71? Well, I need to, because I focus so much on intelligence and like learning more right. things. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. I need to shift my focus over to be mm-hmm. more charismatic and right. understanding how to be more charismatic. Yeah, that would be dope. I don't know. I think that's really fucking I feel like I want to know my strength. You want to know your strength? Yeah, I want to my know, 99. I want to know for, for my stats. <laughs> For my stature, like, it might peak. Yeah. peak. I know I'm not, but, like, I mean, how, I how much say, further can we go? I would go? say your strength's probably, like, a 90. Yeah, I would be pretty high, but, like, yeah. I want to know how much further we can push. I maxed that bitch out. You know, there's, there's, an injury, there's an injury one, too, that you can look yeah. at. Your, your, I maxed that one out, too. <laughs> I'm 99 in the injuries, too. Yeah, if can it can see. be hurt, it's hurt. Yeah, you can just turn it off. You can turn injuries <laughs> on and off. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do that in real life? <laughs> this elbow could really use it off if right you now. turn injuries <laughs> off, I would do so much dumb shit. Dude, I'm me, too. Would you go skydiving? I would go skydiving. Okay. I would, I would, I would, I would go skydiving without a parachute if I could turn injuries <laughs> off. What do you mean? Like I'm literally just gonna land on my feet. <laughs> Float down. I just float down, dude. For those of you that don't know, Justin will not do anything that has anything to do with heights. I will. I. I yeah. Free pa- falling. Free falling. Parachuting. So I, I have in the past. I have. I've never skydived, but I've done free falling like things in the past. The reason I won't do it now is, dude, I don't trust these weight scales on the thing, and like I'm huge. Like <laughs> things don't fit me. Like you need two and parachutes. Like like when we went, um, when we did the thing in the wake, boat, wake surfing. Wake, wake surfing. I was trying to like learn how to wake surf, and I was just, boat. I was just, I was drowning because the life jackets couldn't support my body weight. So like it's like that thing. It's like roller coasters. Like the roller coasters that I've been in, even when I was like 240 the last time I went to, like they didn't fit me right, mm-hmm. and it just gave me this mass anxiety. Yeah. And so it's like the issue, like if I was normal size, I would go skydiving. Mm-hmm. But like, I also know that I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not that like no one who's 280 pounds has never on skydiving before. Right. I'm assuming they have. I don't yeah. know if there's like a weight limit on it, but I'm just, I'm just not going to be the next. Yeah. No, I definitely would go skydiving. Yeah. I'm not too big. You're still in the safe zone. though. Yeah. I'm in the safe zone. You're on the big end of the safe zone. Would you want to know what the safe zone is? Yeah, I'd love to know what the safe zone is. If it was like, if I was definitely within the safe zone, then I would change my mind. But also, like I told you, like I told you, if everyone that I cared about 
was going skydiving. Like, like truly care about on a super deep emotional level. So like five people maybe mm-hmm. in my life. If all of you were up in that fucking plane and you all jumped out, well, I'm jumping out. <laughs> like if you guys die from skydiving and I'm still here, I don't want to be here anymore. So at this point, like now I have truly nothing to lose. Right. Like Steven's out the back. You would have fucking have you and Megan are out the back. Peyton's out the back. I'm gone. <laughs> I am out that bitch, dude. Like, Backflipping. Dude, I'm skydiving harder than you've ever seen someone skydive before. See, I just see Peyton with his goggles on, dude. <laughs> So then I would skydive. Then that you know that would get me, but I'm not going to go out of my way on a fucking Thursday afternoon just all see guys. I'm going to go skydiving real yeah, quick. Like I, you know, I, I got people to take care of. <laughs> I will say though, as, as 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 much as I felt bad for you when you were on the wakeboard, when you were like sinking, it was very comical. It was so, it was hard not to laugh because yeah. you literally could not stay afloat. I was looking at this guy I'm like, can he not swim? Or it's just like, what's happening? And swimming's <laughs> tough for me. I didn't really grow up around water. Yeah. But like, I can swim. Like, I can swim effectively. You can build a snowman. And I can definitely, oh, I can build a mean snowman. Yeah. But like, so if you guys know like what wake surfing is, wakeboarding, wake surfing. We were wake surfing. Thing. We were wake surfing. Oh, si- wake surfing. The so, only difference is, is your feet aren't locked in and the board's a little bit different. Well, I wish my feet would have been locked in. It would have been easier. Yeah, you might. <laughs> it would have been. Wakeboarding is a little bit yeah. easier because. But yeah. you like start on your back, like mm-hmm. parallel hovering on top of the water. You're supposed to float. Yeah, you're supposed to float. So the life jacket's paramount mm-hmm. in this and like it holding up. And then the board is like sideways, just flush with your feet, right? Mm-hmm. And then as the boat pulls, you, you know, you're, you're holding on to the, I mean, the handle the is rope, just a yeah. handle, it's mm-hmm. just rope. And like, it's supposed to pull you up and you're, you know, you, they, and then you find your balance and you like start, you know, right. surfing off mm-hmm. the waves and like moving around stuff. So I'm like parallel and this life jacket's not supporting me and I'm clinging my feet to this board. The board's floating obviously yep. as hard as I can. So my lower body, my like below my knees is floating because of the board and my torso keeps going under the fucking water and I'm like <laughs> slowly drowning because I'm having to, um, what's it called when you just like tread water? Yeah. I'm just, I'm having to tread water. Uh-huh. From my side, yeah. <laughs> not straight up and down. He and dude comes out of the water, boring. just <laughs> spitting out water. I'm like, this guy's drowning. This guy's literally. But the thing about it is, you're so competitive that you would not come back in the boat. I, well, dude, like, I, I am out there. Going to do what, it. 20, 25? I don't know. We minutes. were losing daylight. We yeah, were like, bro, dude. you got to come in. Give I, some other. I was some time. so tired. When we were done with that. I was so fucking tired. I worked so hard for literally nothing at all. <laughs> That's the best cardio. <laughs> yeah, dude, it must have been. Yeah. But. What I want to really talk about with you guys today is, you know, bullshit proofing your information, where you're getting your information from. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think right now, um, very few coaches actually, you know, left a massive mark in 2020 with all the COVID things happening, gyms being shut down, lost a lot of clients, all that stuff. There's like this massive over uh, sensationalized content that's happening. And honestly, man, it's like low key disgusting. Every time I see it, it makes my stomach fucking churn. Like, dude, I hate that. And I, I know I talked about it on the podcast um, before, and like it's something that's like kind of frustrating. It's also like um, it's it's truly not me trying to like build myself up into something that's like this massive. Like I'm the god of all things fitness, but there's a lot of fucking people like try talking the way I talk, or like how Mark Tominic talks, or how Matt Jansen talks. Um, like just trying to be intelligent, just trying to be so, or just something they're not. Right. Like you're not hardcore, so I don't be it. 
And like that's an over sense uh, that's over sensationalizing your inform like mm-hmm. your content um, as well in my opinion that mm-hmm. oh you know it's working for Matt and Justin and Mark so like I'm gonna do it as well because I want hardcore athletes like think that I'm hardcore and like they're gonna sign up but like you know the reality is you just have a bunch of bikini girls who aren't really competitive on a national level on your roster yeah they're just trying to put right? themselves on a level that they're not Ex- exactly that like they're not on right because at the end of the day you know your roster your results show your intelligence mm-hmm. all right there's no coach out there who has this dumb wealth of knowledge in right. bodybuilding who doesn't have really good competitors underneath them. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about high-level comp- competition. I know that like, there's a ton of bikini girls listening to the show. It's not like I'm taking away from you guys. That, that, that's the lowest barrier to entry, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the lowest barrier to entry to get into competition is men's physique and, and, and women's bikini. And if your entire roster is that, then your knowledge is only going to go that far. Whereas training a fucking bodybuilder, um, like someone like fucking gene 305 pounds yep. someone like ty ryan who's competing to turn pro someone like john arthur who uh you know is a top 10 super heavy mm-hmm. um you know like training those guys takes a lot more it takes way more um you know than a bikini competitor and a physique competitor so when i say this it's not taken away from that it's more so talking about what's the level of knowledge that your coach has it's more meticulous it's, like everything it's, is so much more everything uh, matters so much more everything you can win a bikini competition by, I mean, I've seen some really genetically good to people just, quite frank, not work very hard. Right. And they've won pretty good bikini competitions. You can go I mean, from zero I've had girls to 100 go top in five a year. on a national stage, and I, like, I never thought they took a close. Uh, in their first or second close. year. Literally eight months in. Exactly. <laughs> eight months fucking yeah. in. You know, like, so that that's kind of what I mean by that. It's not bad, like, have these things. It's just make, you know, it's more so for consumers um, understanding. This is more so, like, understanding who to trust, what to trust, and, and kind of where to look, right? So, number one, I have five things, really six things I want to talk about. Number one is just exactly what I said, over-sensationalizing their content. Um, you know, I'm not saying like I'm a role model for content like this, how bodybuilders should be, but how simple is my shit? Like, yeah, I have a media guy who comes out every week and you know, he does X, Y, Z. Well, yeah, cause it fucking looks good and it's memories for me and it helps with the algorithm and it helps with the reach and it helps with all those things. It's growing a business, right? It's if my entire, all of my six of my business, seven, six and a half of my businesses are run via social media. Like you need to have some, you need to have a professional to be helping you with these things. Right. Um, but like, when you look at my stuff, it's not this, um, I mean, I remember when I brought Ian on, I was, I was on a call with him and I was like, yeah, I don't edit anything. Like if we do, we did that one YouTube video and there was no second takes. There's no nothing. There's it's, it's, this is it. Yep. You get one fucking shot. You get the ums, you get the glitches, you get the, I mean, you guys hear it. Some of my intros sometimes when yep. I'm transitioning from my message and my intro, I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't edit anything. You know, who I actually learned that from is Bradley Martin. Um, back, I, I, I like before he was too in deep to he, the matrix that is mainstream. the fitness. He yeah. He, mainstream. yeah. Before he was too mainstream, um, did you ever know him back then? Like I before? that's who I when I first moved to Austin. Yeah, like four years ago, that's who I first started watching. That's who you were watching. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah. Fitness industry. So four years ago, he was still pretty mainstream. This is back like probably six years ago. I was really watching his shit, his and Steve Cooks, and I remember Bradley Martin was standing at a Lamborghini dealership. They were close, and he said, "I'm going to go 
as hard as I possibly can until I have one of each of these cars or something like that on those lines. And he was just being raw and real and transparent by this is what, how I do what I do. This is everything that I do X, Y, Z. And I resonate with the mindset so heavily and the mindset's still there. I still resonate with the mindset, but I don't agree with how he, not, not that I don't, it's not that I disagree. Who am I to disagree with? We're just in different components of fitness. It's not how right? you would do it. I'm in bodybuilding. He's in mainstream marketing, mm -hmm. but he said, he never edits anything. He has his video guy there that he took his camera, turns around to his video guy. He's like, do we edit literally anything? Mm -hmm. And the, the video guy's like, no, like you go back to this video and look at these fuck ups and all this stuff. Um, like, and, and everything is super raw. Uh, Megan dropped her YouTube and she was like, played about, she's shaking in some places. I do like, yeah. that's okay. Look at Steve Cook's. Yeah. Steve Cook has, you know, he makes 10, $15 million a year off YouTube and he's shaking some, mm -hmm. like when you're vlogging. Yeah. Like it's like, it's Christian raw. Guzman, same it's thing. real. Yeah. Christian Guzman makes <clears throat> 20, 25, 30 mil a year from his mark, yep. from his media. Um, you know, like, like raw, real transparent. I think that's I think there's so much beauty behind it. And so I think, but also I believe that's when you're truly intelligent too. Like I would feel, and, and I have a ton of podcast friends who do this. This really is not me trying to put anyone down or put myself on a pedestal. If we recorded this podcast, and then I had Ian sit in the fucking kitchen for the next four hours editing out every little imperfection in this podcast. Am I really smart? Am I actually intelligent? Am I actually well-spoken? Am I actually charismatic? Am I actually all these things that I really take a lot of pride in being? Am I actually any of those things? For me personally, no, because this podcast is dope. It's a top 100 podcast in the world without a single edit that's ever happened on the show. Right. Like, that's absurd. You're, we clip the end because at the end we record the intro. We just flip them, yeah. We put it at the beginning and then we're done and then we roll. There's mm -hmm. not a single edit that happens here. Like, there's been a lot of fuck-ups. Yeah. Like, on air. A lot of things you shouldn't say, but it's yeah. like, fuck it, what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, this is me yeah. as well. Like, making the comment about my co-host got better. Yeah, my co-host is better. Yeah, well, the thing is you're, com you're confident in what yeah. you're saying. You don't have to edit that. That's, no. I think that's huge. Being confident in what you say. People and, resonate with it, too. Exactly. Because it's not like you're going through life. Like, you're not just like you know to bring up the handless razor point again you don't just get to cut someone off and then be like oh no you know edit that out go exactly. back start over and then like you redo it and mm -hmm. like like that's not real life like mm -hmm. the movie click yep <laughs> dude, dude you know what i think about every time someone asks me about a superpower i'm like man like just having that click would be really fucking cool but like you don't get to do that in real life so i don't want my content doing that mm -hmm. and i truly believe that truly intelligent people are on all forms of media they're on the instagram with captions that you can't google they're on podcasts consistently and they sound very intelligent and well-spoken in their podcasts and they don't misspeak or if they misspeak they're able to correct it right because the reality is um you know even when i'm talking about some really deep things on this podcast in terms of whatever biochemistry or pharmacokinetics or whatever it might be dude i misspeak but i'm always able to like like you're always able to pull it back and mm -hmm. be like, oh shit um, i was listening to uh phil viz on food abiyad's um uh, podcast yesterday phil viz was smartest fucking guys i've ever heard uh speak on bodybuilding to be honest with you and he misspoke about how you know the kidneys help with lipolysis and he corrected it like oh you know the liver helps lipolysis and as i'm listening you know armchair quarterback i'm like no that's the liver and like if he didn't correct it then I wouldn't be able to overthink it. Yeah. And, but like he went back and corrected it. And it's like, fuck yeah, this guy's on. Mm -hmm. like, this guy just gets it. Cause you're going to misspeak at some points. Right. Now, how'd you not known that though? He said it with such confidence. You would have believed exactly. him though. A hundred percent. And that's something that unfortunately a lot of people are really good at is hiding behind the confidence that they've kind of helped themselves and, or, 
you know, help themselves achieve because honestly, too many people just haven't been called out on their fucking shit. Right. And like, I don't call people out on their shit. I was talking to my mentor, Austin Stout, about this the other day. Um, I was just like, man, I'm frustrated. Like, I can't lie. Like, the over sensationalized content and the people who truly, like, you can just tell I have no idea what you're doing. Like, it is so fucking frustrating to me. And he's like, dude, you just got to keep scrolling, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you just, And like, I know, like, I get it. I know. Yeah. I, I, I just keep scrolling. You keep going. But it's like, man, there's just like such a high moral regard I have for this industry that, you know, it's like frustrating. So I think one, a good way to look at it though, is like, if those people weren't there, your shit wouldn't look as good. Exactly. Your, your, your content wouldn't be as good yeah. as it is yeah there are people other people's weren't as bad as it is we also look at uh you know you look at the quality of work that they're putting out and they're working with mostly like people who just competed for the first time or they're about to step on stage um in a year for the first time and stuff like that and so it's like the low-hanging fruit is Mm -hmm. like who they attract right and then that low-hanging fruit progresses they get better you know xyz all that stuff and they leave them for a coach that's better and you know like uh, like that's kind of how awesome but it's like you know that's where we come in yep. like we're here to like unfuck everything that you learned mm-hmm. so an over sensationalized content is usually a massive i mean that is a massive red flag for me because you're overcompensating somewhere you're overcompensating with something um like how we do this podcast I, I have bullet points here. I have six bullet points and we just talk on it. How I do Instagram captions, I'm usually taking a shit and I'm like, oh, this is a good guy. This is yep. a good idea. Whatever so comes. if I don't post for five days, it's because I just haven't wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm focused on my There's clients a, or yeah, you know, podcast. Yeah, you got this little like folder that has a bunch of podcast yeah. notes or yeah. you know Instagram notes. Yeah, ideas, just exactly. ideas. Things that come and about the day. Exactly. Like, okay, cool, I, I can make a post out of that. Yeah, I just throw them down on my notes and like, you know, eventually I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so over sensationalizing content, that means making this sound better than it is, making it sound impractical, like you need these people, making it, everything's a production. If you're a bodybuilding coach, why do you need productions? Like your production is winning shows. Why are you putting so much into other things? To, to, to me, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. To me, it's very weird. It feels wrong and it feels very disingenuine. Um, they don't, people who don't speak in absolutes because they understand the importance of context, um, this one's huge because number one, it means they likely have an open mind. So if you hire me, you know, I'm a huge proponent of training to failure. Well, I have tons of clients who don't train to failure. Why? Well, injuries, time at the gym. Um, they don't, their goals, maybe they're uh, large for their division and they don't need to take things all the way. Maybe they're hyper responders or hyper recoverers. Um, and so we don't want to tax the connective tissue to that level, um, you know, so that we can, I mean, I have people, I have some people trained to like two, three RIR, but they, they're able to train six days a week because of how well they recover. Well, if we were trained to failure every single day, they probably take one or two sets to true failure every day um, uh, on, during their training sessions. But if you train to failure every day, eventually connective tissue is going to break down and you're not be able to keep up with the musculoskeletal recovery, things like that. So speaking in absolutes is commonly not a great way to, to be. Being very firm in your opinion, that's, that, that, that's a good, very good place to be. We don't want to be loose. We don't want to be... Um, you know, too flexible. See, everything, uh, the answer to everything is it does just depend. But once you get context involved, it usually doesn't depend anymore. Um, usually there's a pretty set answer that coaches are rather confident in, you know, educated coaches are rather confident in. But having an open mind, um, you know, I talk about how 
tons of people carb cycle on my roster. Not everyone carb cycles. Um, and when we're talking about um, PEDs, you know, everyone has a stack that it looks like they're needed. <clears throat> All my bodybuilders have a stack that looks like it's needed for them. It's not like, well, this is exactly what we're going to do. Like I was talking to fucking Ty the other day about something we're going to do close to a show that I've picked up on his physique already that I haven't really done with a client ever um, about uh, Proviron usage. And Proviron's very, very, very mild, extreme, the most mild steroid possible. You don't use it for the actual steroid effects. You use it um, for the aesthetic effects, for taking up the sex hormone binding globulin, like when um, you're having a tough time, um, you know, utilizing what you're injecting or when you're injecting super physiological doses, things like that. Um, so, you know, I kind of explained that to him. I've been able to pick up on that already. I know we're going to do that in the future, but it's not somebody with you. Yeah. And remember what I did with you? I was like, I've never done this before. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's, 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 yeah, the way that we ran on Dactone, never fucking done it before. Mm-hmm. We didn't use Winstraw really going into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, or no, we didn't use Masteron. We used a little bit of Winstraw. Going into the show. Not Masteron, though. Mm-hmm. We didn't use Masteron. That's what it was. And like, that's very common. Most yep. people are just like, oh, throwing Masteron. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you didn't need it. Mm-hmm. You, 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 people don't understand. I really don't want to get on a rant about this. People don't understand with the bodybuilding drugs, um, you know, the women's physique, the classic physique, men's bodybuilding. They're, when you're, when you're burning fat during contest prep, your liver and kidneys are very taxed. Um, your kidneys are very taxed because water displacement and moving water throughout the body. And, um, you know, as as your liver is able to help in the lipolysis process, your kidney is able to help in the water filtration process. If the kidneys are backed up, you're, you can still drop fat, but you're going to look really watery. If the liver's backed up, um, then you're probably not going to burn, drop body fat very uh, efficiently. Next, Y, Z. Well, what puts direct stress on the kidneys and the livers is anabolic steroids. And when you're in a contest prep phase, people like coaches rely on these. Actually, this is the next podcast we're doing. 131 is about steroid misuse. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit, but it's, it's, it's so neglected that, Oh, the, you know, these are taxing the kidneys and livers. And you wonder why you're never dry for a show. You wonder why you're never in shape for a show. Well, it's because these things are backed up. You cannot out diet a sluggish liver. You cannot out diuretic a sluggish kidney. It's 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 not it's not possible. Okay, so I, I, I know I always get on fucking tangents about that shit. <laughs> it's just so frustrating to yeah, see how poorly no. used shit is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, take a diacide. Yeah. Like the diacide is doing nothing. Yeah, like no. that is the the, the diacide is one hundred percent reliant on the kidney being yeah. able to do its job. Mm-hmm. So people are all like watery and shit close to a show, and it's like, dude, it's your kidneys. Mm-hmm. It's one hundred percent. It's your fucking kidneys just chopping, like help yourself help yourself just be better mm-hmm. so people aren't going to speak in absolutes there's nothing that has to be done there's nothing that you know xyz it's just it's it's all open-minded open-ended mm-hmm. this one this one oh my god and like 99 percent of people who are like i'm science-based do this they just regurgitate research now you can provide examples or context xyz but with extreme confirmation bias you can make anything sound perfect for example let's use a really extreme one people know i'm a proponent of utilizing dmp where it fits uh, you know where in, in the situations that it fit in and and uh you know under 
very certain circumstances. Love utilizing DMD. Fantastic. Every high-level contest prep coach who's well-educated understands demand DMD can be amazing to use in the right places. Right. I've been attacked by some by some fucking village idiots who've never done anything in bodybuilding who don't even understand its mechanism of action. But this is something that takes extreme context. Now, if you say Justin puts all his athletes on DMP, I have about 213 people on my personal roster right now. Fuck. You think there's 213 people no. using DMP? No. There's not even enough DMP I can get my hands on for yeah. that to fucking happen. That's not practical. Mm-hmm. Right now I have about 58 clients in contest prep and three are using DMP. Wow. <laughs> three out of how I mean, that's that's less than 1%. Is that less than 1%? Yeah. Less than 1% of my roster mm-hmm. is utilizing it. Because there's extreme context. But fuck, I talk about it a lot. Why? Well, because there's places that it can be implemented and utilized at a very high fucking clip. Right. Right. Oh, I have four. I have four utilizing DMP. Oh, fuck. Oh, now we're Dude, 1%. he's a liar. He's a liar. Justin's a liar. Attack that now. guy. So there's extreme context and everything. Another extreme context. Hey, train to failure. Take that fucking set all the way. Well, the people I'm talking to, 90% of the people I'm talking to need that. 90% of the people I'm talking to don't even fucking understand how to take a set to failure. I had clients who've been on my roster six months who still don't understand what true failure is, right? Yep. It's an art. It's an art form that's learned. I mean, I would say you just recently learned. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, I would say you learned really within the last, like, two months, and you trained me every day mm-hmm. for, I mean, what? We've been training partners for eight months, yep. seven months, something like that. And, like, mm-hmm. you just learned. Like, it took that long, and you're with me every day. So imagine how long it takes these other people. So your perceived effort... I want you to reach failure in your perceived effort, and it's probably two or three reps left in the tank every single set. A lot of right? people think failure is mental. Yeah. I mean, once you think like, okay, you know, yeah. 15, oh, I'm done. That's fucking, that's a lot. Once you realize failure has nothing to do with mental yeah. whatsoever, it's like, more, it's, it's, physically, it has, you can do yeah. more. Yeah. You have to get through that mental threshold exactly. and tell yourself you have more. Exactly. And, and, and so there's the context that's provided there. Yep. Context is, hey, I don't like my clients doing a lot of cardio. Well, it's a lot of cardio. You know, for me, I was a former track athlete. Um, you know, I, I have I have clients like uh, um, like Katie Younger, who, you know, turned pro women's C-class. She's like, dude, honestly, she could just do cardio all day. Like, she wouldn't really be affected by it. Like, a lot of cardio for some people is 30 minutes. A lot of cardio for other people is 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want you abusing cardio for what you're supposed to be doing, right? So, like, everything's in context. It's not just re- research regurgitation. I know that research regurgitation builds a following. And a lot of people, I mean, I see a lot of people have built their business of coaching people with research regurgitation, but that's that's not practical application. That's not real. Like we talked about in another podcast, the shit that I touch on on the podcast and on, on Instagram, the shit Matt touches on. You follow someone like Ian Valeri, um, although I don't agree with everything he says, it's still the shit that he touches on. You follow Phil Viz, you follow Patrick tour um you know you follow um andrew vu well he doesn't ever fucking share anything but like you've all these high level people i do the shit they're talking about like you can't read that anywhere mm-hmm. the, the the things i say you learn you can't find it all comes from experience it. exactly yeah and you know there's a lot of people who i've told you about they're answering q and a's with google you know google searches or you know they're um, straight from the book it's, it's just yeah they mm-hmm. literally pick up a fucking book they don't even have the books i have because the books i have you can't really find that information yeah many places like it's 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 <sighs> or it's information that's outdated because based exactly. off of new studies or yeah. experiences like yeah. that's where i would say you get most of your knowledge is from 
at this point, yeah, working with over 200 athletes. Absolutely. Like what you were saying, you know, you told me over the last year, how much better you've gotten as a coach. It's not because you yeah, learned we a ton of shit. Yeah, we were just talking about that, huh? Yeah, it's not because you'd learned, you know, you read 15 books. Yeah. It's because of all the experience you've exactly. had. Exactly. Like, because Megan was in prep a year ago. She mm-hmm. was in prep 12 months ago for the Arnold. And it was just so funny. I was like looking back on what she was doing then compared to now. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, that feels like it was an eternity of knowledge ago. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, I am thankful to work with so many high-level athletes. That, dude, it's constant trial and error. I mean, it's every single day. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point, the trial and error doesn't have a lot of backlash just because I know, you know, let's say there's four or five troubleshooting routes you can go for whatever might need troubleshot. Uh, well, every single one's so going to result in progress, mm-hmm. but it's like, it, it's, it's when you're training high level athletes, it's about maintaining the rate of progress. Right. It's about keeping that rate of progress stable and the rate of progress. Let's say every week we're getting 3% better. Well, if we drop down to 2.5, we need to troubleshoot because the body's showing us we can get 3% better. It, the body's going to let you know when you need to pull back. But even when you pull back, we should still be getting 3% better. Mm-hmm. If I have you do a cardio break or a training break or a diet break or whatever, we should still get 3% better within that week if that's where our linear progression has been. If we start going down and, oh, you know, you're still getting better, but it's not the same rate that we were, well, we need to fix something. And that's where an actual change is made. Mm-hmm. But you kind of can figure in the first few months working with someone, where's your rate of progress? Where can your rate of progress be? Like when we started, you know, working together, it was like your first ever real cycle it was your first ever real diet mm-hmm. it was your first ever real training i never tracked so, a macro before yeah, that <laughs> yeah so your rate of progress was like 10 fucking percent every week mm-hmm. you know well how we need to keep it there mm-hmm. like we, we we can't stop we can't stop what we're doing or else we you know we need to troubleshoot items um so I, I think regurgitating research without context or examples, which a lot of people are doing, like more people are doing that. Do you realize a majority of the, so there's like two types of coaches. There's influencer coaches and there's bodybuilding coaches. Like bodybuilding coaches talk the way, uh, the way I talk, mm-hmm. quite frank. Influencer coaches, it's low-hanging fruit. It's the over-sensationalized shit. They read a research and they read an article and then they make a, 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 a um, content post. You understand that's what most of the coaches you follow, most of the coaches you're following are doing that. They're reading an article on Stronger by Science or on um, 3DMJ's site or on... Um, um, revive stronger or on live strong on any of those fucking places that are a Google search away. And they're just writing a content piece based on that. You know how I know? Cause when I read this shit, it's like, wow, this sounds like articles I used to read when I was just getting into fitness and I'll literally Google the shit. I will literally, I have found, I have found so many people literally just pulling from Google and I'll Google their fucking caption. And it's like, wow, like, no. they change some words and stuff, but it's literally from these sites. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's like some coaches who you guys all know their names who are doing this shit. And to me, it's like such a travesty. Yeah. That's how they attract clients. It's low hanging fruit. This is a really simple, this is a very simple, I talk about sodium, for example, this is a super simple topic. All right. Sodium's really straightforward and maybe 0.4% of cases you have to manipulate sodium whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So for 99.6% of people, sodium is the exact fucking same across the board. So I'm going to make a post about sodium and I'm going to over sensationalize it. And then you're going to think you need me because your coach isn't manipulating sodium or your coach isn't doing X, Y, Z with sodium. Right. Like they, they, they rely on people thinking they need them. Another one, they usually aren't overly aggressive. Now, there's double-sided edge sword to this, and I'm going to explain why, because I'm someone who's commonly viewed as overly aggressive. Because commonly, when people are overly aggressive, it shows they're trying to sell you, or they just aren't confident in what they're putting out. 
But some people might just kind of be a tool. And like, I used to just kind of be a fucking tool. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, oh, you're coming at me for what I'm fucking saying? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, look at you. Like, you're your shit fucking physique, right? And like, to some extent, like, there's a little bit of truth in that. You know, my I have a bonus tip here that'll kind of, you know, tie into this a bit. But if you can't just, if you can't have conversation about your ideas, about your beliefs, about XYZ, you're probably not very good. You probably don't have any fucking idea what's going on. Or you really don't believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you don't believe in it. Like, do you see the conversations I have? I mean, you probably have to an extent seen like some of the DM conversations. Dude, I'm talking to people all the time. Just talking, just idea sharing. Um, like Phil Viz, Matt Jansen, um, um, Nick, talk to Nick about it. Um, Andrew Barry, you know, just like guys who I really respect, look up to. When I see Adam Atkinson at shows, I talk to him. Um, you know, guys who I really respect, look up to their knowledge. We're always sharing. We're always just sharing our thoughts, our experience, our ideas. Now, with where I'm at, and this is going to be very narcissistic, and I, it's one of the things I just can't fucking help, right? If you come at me and you look like a fucking sack of potatoes, I'm not conversing with you. I'm just not. Yeah. The proof is also in the pudding of what you're put. Like you have no clue. That's a waste of time. It, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like they always end up being trolls. Mm-hmm. And so like, how do you know trolls get treated like they are, right? So it's like I'm also like I don't, I don't have to, I I, I don't have to respond to everybody. They're just trying to get a rise out of you. There's and, no and actual... commonly they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know you want to come at me for X Y Z or you know a stance that I take on things. You need to have a fucking resume, dude. Like, if you don't have a resume and I have mine, I'm not talking to you. Yep. Like, quite frank. And I know that to a lot of people, it might sound fucked up. But you guys have to understand, I get 100 DMs a day asking questions. I get 100 DMs every single fucking day just, like, wanting free things, wanting handouts, or, like, wanting a reaction or about this person said this and that person said that and what's going on here. And, you know, I heard this and I heard that. Dude, I just have I have conversations with other intelligent beings. Like I don't, I don't have time for the other shit. All those people are just nobodies. Yeah, with no results, no yeah. data. It, but if 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 you see someone who's wasting, like I used to waste a lot of time on this shit. If you see someone wasting time on shit, they're probably not very busy. And when I was wasting time on, I wasn't very busy. And if you're not very fucking busy, it's not a very good fucking sign. Right. Like things aren't looking very good. Right. So you need to be able to have open ended conversation. It's very, very, very um, important to understand. It's, under, it's again important to understand context. Oh, dude, you don't have to always be right because there's a million ways to climb the fucking mountain. Right. A million ways to skin the cat. Be, people who you should take information from are pro, they're, they're, they're pretty good at explaining things and making them understandable. I had this conversation again with Austin as well. When, when people talk and they try to be super far over your head, like whenever I do a conversation here that is really deep, like I'll ask you like, does that make sense? Yeah. Are you following along? Cause if you're not following along and if it doesn't make sense to you, I'm in way too deep for people listening. Other people are done. Yeah. Like you hear on. me talk all day. That's why I ask questions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's like, if it's too deep for you and it's probably too deep for them. And like, that's what, what are we learning? Yep. Like at that point, it's just like a dick measuring contest. Like I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Like that's not cool. That, that that's not conducive to anything. If everything they put out, you know, really bad at this lane norton uh, lane norton's really bad at this putting out information and it's hard just, to understand it's just way too difficult to understand it's like way up there um because like he wants people to ask questions or wants to get a rise out of people or whatever lane norton's one of the smartest fucking humans that you know there is in the world but man he can definitely 
He, I, I also, I haven't followed his stuff for a while. Maybe it's changed, but he can put out some fucking shit that is just deep. Like the, it's very dense for people to be able to break down and comprehend. There's only a certain amount of people on the planet exactly. that will understand what the fuck he's yeah. saying. But like he's put out shit before that. I'm like, huh? Exactly. And it's like, fuck, if I don't get it, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't He's think... speaking to 5,000 people Dude, on the planet. Yeah. I mean, there's a very small amount of people he was speaking to. I think I told you about, um, one of the podcasts that I try listening to. No, you know, I was talking to Danielle about this podcast. There's a podcast that I really like. Um, she's asking me like, who I listen to. There's one I really like, but holy fucking shit. It is so dense that there's times that like they're going and I'm like, I don't know. I, I, in the last five minutes, I've I don't know none of it. I have nothing. I literally, I, I, I literally have my bachelor's of science in exercise physiology from the top exercise physiology university in America. And I have no idea what they're talking about. Like it's so dense. It's important at that point too, to kind of, I think it, to put it into perspective, kind it of is. for lack of a better term, they don't do a good job. Dumb it, it down. Yeah. But like make it understandable. It's layman's terms. Yeah, exactly. It's layman's fucking terms. You mm-hmm. know who does the best job of that is Jordan Duggar. I was just going to say yeah. Jordan. When yeah. we had him on the podcast the other day. Yeah. And he said some things. I'm like, huh? And then he would. And then he put it, a story. He would do an example. So, exactly. For example, you know, you got this, you got that water bottle or whatever yeah, we were doing. Exactly. And he does such a good job of and like, I, I, you know, I aspire to be as good at Jordan um, as the things. You guys haven't listened to that podcast with me and Jordan. I know it's a long one. Holy fucking shit. The value in there is unreal. But someone that's truly well versed on a topic can make anything simple to understand um, or at least simple enough to just educate someone, right? I think it's a huge deal. It's a huge item to have here. Um, and if, if you're reading through people's stuff, you just don't understand any of it ever, then it's, they're, they're, they're probably not super, they're actually not deeply educated on it. Um, my bonus point here, bo- point number six, and it just, it's never a bad thing for them to fucking walk the walk to. I respect you way more if you look like you're good. Right. If you, if you have, if you walk in a room when I can tell, I don't fucking know anything about this person, but I, they, they know their way around the gym and supplements and dieting and stuff. There's a lot of fucking coaches with just pathetic physiques or with pathetic show placings and results and things like that. If you look pathetic, then I mean, quite frank, I just, I, I figure you can't take your own fucking advice. So what the fuck am I going to do taking advice from you? I truly believe we're, I mean, we're talking bodybuilding. We're mm-hmm. talking high level athletes, competition. We're not talking just general health stuff. You got to walk the walk. You need to look like a fucking animal. Mm-hmm. Like you need to look like you can walk in the gym and just throw the whole fucking thing around. Yeah. And you know, I felt that way. Even when I was just two twenty, two thirty. I was like, well, of course my clients suck. I suck. Like until I get good, I'm not going to have good fucking clients. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Matt Jansen, you know, he got second at heavies in uh, at USA's like he right. got second place to fucking Luke Carroll. No, I'm sorry. He got third. He got third place. Luke Carroll won that class. Luke Carroll's a wild IABB pro. He's fucking good. I mean, Matt Jansen is shit genetics. Um, I have shit genetics and he worked himself up to that. And you know, this year I'm going to be junior nationals fucking overall champion and probably go USA's get top five. Walking the walk. Like I'm walking the walk. I'm doing the goddamn thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, so it's, it's, it's frustrating, but also, you know, it's like what I always think about is like, man, what are the clients thinking that like hire these people or, you know, like right now, like you go to a show and you see Andrew Vu there, Shane Hagley there, um, or, you know, Chris Aceto, uh, like dude, those guys, none of them look like bodybuilders. Those are anymore. the very rare, but, but they were, but they were all fucking yoked. 
they were all so good. They have the resume. Yeah, yeah, the resume is there. Like, it's not like they're walking around 250 fucking solid anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, they're all walking around probably 200 pounds. Um, for real, like, it's nothing impressive. It's nothing out, uh, you know, out of this world, but they used to be there. So what I'm impressed by with these guys is you were there and you stayed upright. That's what yeah. I'm impressed by yeah. with them yep. because holy fuck, I'm 27. I'm not close to where I'm going to be and it's hard staying upright. Yeah. You know, so like I learned things from them just by watching and trying to emulate them and that's still walking the walk. Yep. That's still getting where you need to be. I agree. But you know, I, 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 I think that your, your knowledge is likely not going to outlast what you've gained in bodybuilding. Your knowledge is not going to surpass what you've been able to achieve on your own. Like, if you've never been a big-time bodybuilder, you probably can't coach big-time bodybuilders. I agree. It's hard. I'm not going to take it's on any, any bodybuilders. Yeah, but, like, a big -time but like you, could probably you could take on a men's physique or a fucking bikini girl because it's, like, such a low barrier of entry. The low-hanging right? fruit, I could take it. Yeah, and, and so, like, again, if, you know, if that's what, if that's where you fit in, not necessarily, like, the bikini or the men's physique division. It's like, if that's, if that's the knowledge that you want to be fit into, um, if that's the approach you want to be fit into, then those are perfectly fine coaches to if you. That's the, the knowledge issue is, I have right now. I don't see any of those coaches as threats on a high level. None of those people are like true threats on a high level because they limit themselves. They to limit the, themselves exactly. to where they're at. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's to me, I would never want to risk out, um, like outperforming my coach's knowledge, mm -hmm. right? And to me, that that's very high on the priority list because, man, you'll be fucked as an athlete real quick with that. Yep. So this is five, well, I guess six tips, kind of bullshit proof your information. We're gathering your information from. Hope you guys learned something. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, we enjoy chatting with you. I cannot wait for this one to drop, but also the next episode, 131, is going to be incredibly insightful, and I think I'm really going to be able to dummy some things down for you guys that have been overlooked uh, regarding steroid misuse. So I'm very excited for that one hope you guys have a fantastic tuesday i'll see you guys next time